Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Turn with us to the book of Jonah again, chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, and verses 9 through 11. Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, and verses 9 through 11. The Word of God reads, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry, so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because of the plant? Yes, Jonah retorted even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Again, I want to preach a gracious and merciful God and angry Jonah. A gracious and merciful God an angry Jonah. Like Jonah, why are people so angry today? We live in an angry society. People are just mad. It does not matter where you look within our society, you encounter people who are angry. They're filled with rage, even about the smallest of things. Anger and rage can be found in the family. It can be found in schools, universities, and college campuses. It can be found in the workplace with disgruntled employees among neighbors. You can see it all through politics and on airplanes, social media, sports, road rage, and even in the church. People come to church, sit mad, and Satan can keep you upset about little things in the church. He got you right where he wants you, and you leave like you came, and you don't gain nothing. And Satan say, good, you were good for nothing in this service. Many have come into this brand new year being angry, being bitter, and being resentful. When they really should be thankful and grateful that in spite of themselves, the Lord has blessed them by his grace to see a brand new year. Jonah was one angry preacher. Verse 1 says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became, underline that, very angry. He wasn't just mad. He was very, very mad. Why are people so angry? Somebody under my voice, you're angry today. You've been pouting and huffing and puffing and seething all week long. The year is so young, and yet you're going to give yourself a heart attack because you have gone mad in your anger. Why are people so angry? Number one, many people become angry because they fail to emulate the character of God. 
They failed to emulate the character of God. Jonah acknowledged God's character, but he was unable to reproduce the character of God in his own life. He acknowledged God's character and he knew about the character of God, but he could not emulate and reproduce that kind of character in his own life. Verse 2c says, I knew that you are merciful and compassionate. Look at that. Merciful, compassionate God. In the verse, slow to get angry. And then filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. That's a good thing. And he's angry because God wanted to deliver people. He didn't want to see people saved. It was all about him. Beloved, Jonah lacked the character traits that God himself possessed. Jonah lacked the character traits that God himself possessed. What about you? Do you possess these character traits? Are you merciful? Do you show tender mercy uh, to those who need it? Do you not give people what they deserve like God doesn't give you what you deserve? Are you compassionate and kind to people whose hearts are burdened, who's going through trials and tribulations, who's hurting, who's struggling? Where's your compassion? Where's your patience with your children, patience with your grandchildren? Where's your patience with your wife, patience with your husband? Are you short with them on a short fuse? Are you patient with people? Are you patient with people in the church? Are you so judgmental you ready to wipe them out and and throw them away and treat them as damaged goods because they don't come up to your expectations? Where is your patience? Patience is being slow to anger. And are you filled with unfailing love for people. God is a God of unfailing love. Do you stop loving people because they don't, you know, do what you think they ought to be doing? Or they're not operating by your criteria? Where's your love? Can you love people through their issues? Can you love people when they're right and when they're wrong, when they're stubborn, when they're sinful? Do everyone around you have to be uh, packaged just right before you can say, this is the kind of person I can be around? You ought to have some people that miss the mark around you because after all, you miss the mark too. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. Do you have enough patience just to love people enough to wait on them and have unfailing, unconditional love for them in spite of the mess they've made? Are you so quick to say you're made your bed hard, you ought to lay in it. You got what you deserve. Where's your unfailing love? You act like you've arrived and you've always been there and you got it together and your life is a stench before God and perhaps you don't even know it. Secondly, many people are angry with themselves. Many are angry with themselves because of bad life decisions, and a lack of progress in their lives. They made so many bad decisions in their life. They call setbacks. And they see themselves in this season. They reflect upon this season of their life. They see a lack of progress. And then they get upset and disturbed 
when they're 50, 60 years old. And now they say they come to their senses and say, wow, I lost a lot of ground. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Beloved, there is no sin that God cannot forgive. You need to write that down. Because some of y'all still holding on to stuff that God has forgiven you of. You, you earnestly cried out to God and pled, you've pled the blood of Jesus over it. And, and you, you keep talking about it and God saying, what you talking about? I don't see that. All I see is the blood. Beloved, there is no sin that God cannot forgive. You can't name a sin that's so bad that God can't forgive it. If you repent, confess, confess means to agree with God about that sin and then turn from it. When when God forgives you, then for heaven's sake, forgive yourself. Don't walk around in guilt when you can walk around in freedom, live in freedom. Uh, Repent, confess, turn from it. If we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Stop being angry with the lack of progress and bad decisions. We've all made bad decisions. We've all said things and done things. We all have things in our life, uh, in our past that we wish were not fair. But you can't live your life in the in the rearview mirror. You see, when God forgives you, then forgive yourself. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Thirdly, people are angry uh, not only about their past. Let me just back up on that past. I want to give a scripture on that. Philippians 3.13b. Philippians 3.13b says, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. See, you got, you got to let go and reach toward those things that are ahead. You must accept the things you cannot change and refuse to allow your past to paralyze your future. See, some of you, you, you your future is being short circuited and you've allowed your past to paralyze the potential of God in your life because you, you can't let go of what God wants you to let go of. Refuse to allow your past to paralyze your future. Fourthly, many are angry about their personal circumstances and things beyond their control. Many are, they look at their lives and where they are, they get upset about their circumstances. For example, family abuse. You'd be surprised under my voice by radio and television, social media and whatever, the people that have had all kinds of family abuse. And I don't want to start causing abuse, sexual abuse, uh, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, just under my voice. And you still you still impacted by that. And you're angry about what happened to you 
20, 30, 40 years ago. Family abuse. Uh, some of you are angry about decisions made by others. I mean, you didn't make the decision. Someone else in your family are very near to you. Maybe a child or a grandchild, a husband, a wife, a sibling made decisions uh, that negatively impacted your life. You know, they brought trouble on you because of the decision they made. Or perhaps you were reared in a neighborhood that's filled with crime and gangs and drugs and, and violence. You say, I was, um, I, I was brought up in the hood. How many of you were, let me just take a poll in here. How many of you, look at hands go up. How many of you here were brought up in the hoods, were all, in the hood where all kinds of things were happening? I mean, I was in Fifth Ward, Houston. That's a tough area. I went to Mount Horeb in Fourth Ward. That was tough. And I was on the Cashmere Garden area in some streets. That, that was, I said, God, how in the world you got me out of that? <laughs> Raise your hand again. Let me see y'all. Okay. But you know, you know, you made it. You made it. Can anything good come out of where you grew up? You came out of it. Why don't you say praise the Lord? He kept you. He kept you. Romans 8, 28a says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. God is able to take adversity. God is able to take life regrets and work them together for, for your good and his glory. With God, all things are possible and he is able to help you to succeed against the odds. Look what God has placed me in spite of where I grew up. You know, I, and look what God has done. I mean, my, my street wasn't even paved. Just a just a rocky street. The railroad track was about three uh, houses down in the freeway. Uh, 59 North was just on this side. And we were one block in between and it was some of everything going on all around. And yet God kept me. And my parents kept me in church and kept my siblings in church. And we and they put God in us and we succeeded against the odds. Now, some of my siblings did not succeed against the art. There's some of my siblings you've never seen. I hope you see them one day. It was three boys and three girls, and I'm the oldest, and that's why I wanted to go to university. That's why I wanted, because I wanted to be the first one to get a degree and some degrees to set the example for siblings to follow. My, my parents couldn't afford to send me to college. I had to, I had to piece things together. I had to work a little everywhere. I had to take all kinds of jobs from grocery store to janitorial to working in a Texas Southern University library with folk with research in a periodical section and all the work study program and catching two buses to get to, to the university there in Third Ward. And, and yet uh, when I graduated, I only owed five hundred dollars in loans and paid that off just like that. And I didn't have scholarship. I didn't have none of that stuff. I had God. <laughs> and look what he's brought me. Now I'm traveling the world. My wife is putting us all, we, God has put us all kinds of places. We, we're doing things we never thought we would be doing. And I just say, only God can do this. And stop being jealous of another person's success because the same God will do for you if you humble yourself and live in such a way that he can bless you. 
Amen. Why, why are people angry? Uh, fifthly, people are angry at other people's opinion because they do not think like them. You'd be surprised how people, they, they want you to think like them. They want you to have their minds. I don't want your mind. You know, the people, I, I, I make a whole lot. I get on any broadcast station. I don't want your mind. I don't want to think like you. I have my own mind. I got, I have my God and the Holy Spirit living in me and the word of God to tell me what I need to do. And I have a wife that we can talk to. That's right. I don't need the media. I don't need pundits. I don't need politicians. I don't need all these folk. I don't need psychologists. I don't need all these folk telling me what to do. Matter of fact, you stay in the word. You won't need all these extra things. I don't need a life coach. You know, I, I, I got the Bible. People are angry at other people's opinions because they do not think like them. First Corinthians two sixteen b says, but we have the mind of Christ. That's that's what you need the mind of Christ. And that means a whole lot of stuff have to be flushed out of you before you can have the mind of Christ. Some of you got so much entertainment and stuff and so much politics in you. You can't even pray for uh, for presidents and Congress and the Senate and all this. You see all the stuff that's going on you don't like. You have become like Jonah. You too mad to pray. You too mad to pray. You another Jonah. You, you talk about people, but you can't pray about them. The kingdom is not about talk. Romans 12, 2 also says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. You do like the Lord leads you to do. You, uh, you, you, you hear God for yourself. Know the scripture. Know when the Holy Spirit is speaking. And the Holy Spirit, you know when he's speaking because the Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God or go against the word of God or, or deviate from it. The Holy Spirit is always in line with his word. Number six, persecution is on the rise because people are angry at Christians. Persecution is on the rise because people are angry at Christians. Second Timothy 3.12 says, yes, all and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. As the world becomes more dark, evil and wicked, do not be surprised at the increase of injustice, at the increase of hostility and hatred toward Christians. It's not going to get any better. And stop putting your faith in politicians. It doesn't matter whether they are uh, Republicans, Democrat, conservative, independents, or whatever they are. Green Party, Tea Party, Black Party, whatever they are. Stop putting. They are not your hope. Y'all can't even say amen. Some of y'all already got choked. Go on and cough and say amen. <laughs> because you, you, sometimes you're so party oriented that you actually, if you're not wise in your thinking and in your processes, you can be voting folk in that's going to set you up for persecution. If you're not thinking in the spirit, if you're not listening to God and you're going by what the majority says, the majority is not always right. Christian persecution is on the rise. It's all over the world. It is here in America. And some of you don't even realize the war is on. 
The Gospel of John chapter 15, verse 18 says, if the world hates you, he says, stop complaining, stop whining. <laughs> Remember that it hated me first. You're not the first one hated. Oh, they don't like me. They didn't like Jesus. You know, they, they're conspiring on me. They conspired on Jesus. You know, they put me out. They put Jesus out. And they did far more to Jesus. They crucified him. If the world hates you, guess what? You haven't seen nothing yet. Let me ask you a question. Y'all listen now. Are you ready to die for what you believe? Oh, you, you not, matter of fact, you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. If someone told you to renounce your faith and, and say, I don't believe in God and say, I hate God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you do it? See, think about that. Some of you would. Some of you would. Some of you are ashamed to go out and knock on doors. We've been having neighborhood outreach for the whole life of this church and beyond. And some of you haven't knocked on one door because you're scared, you're ashamed, or you're too busy. Look, they didn't get an amen then. And don't don't say you don't have to say amen. I don't I don't want you, I don't want to be an amen in church. Sometimes you just need to pause and meditate and think about that, because the truth will make you so convicted that you can't even talk. Number seven. People get angry when they are addicted to drugs and alcohol. They get angry when they're addicted to drugs and alcohol. This brings about uncontrolled anger. When people are on drugs and alcohol and they, they get out of control, that stuff causes them to lash out verbally and even get physically violent with those around them. Even causing family members to seek a place of refuge because of the danger they're in. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, don't be under the influence of wine until it just drives you crazy. Uh, it, it makes you make decisions you wouldn't make. But you ought to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the direction of the Holy Spirit, being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Waiting on the Holy Spirit to tell you what to do according to the word of God. And it's not just about alcohol. And it's not just about drugs. It's also about caffeine. You, you ought to be, you ought to about, over, be overtaken with caffeine. It's about pornography. Some of you are addicted to tattooing yourself. Some of you are addicted to talking too much. Some of you are addicted to a controlling spirit. You like controlling people. Some of you are addicted to gossip. Some of you are addicted to social media and texting and television. Television run all night. You can't cut it off. Matter of fact, you go to sleep with it. It, it, it just stays on. And the television won't sign off like it used to. It used to sign off with the Lord's Prayer. How many of y'all remember those days? It, it, the Lord's Prayer. And then it went all, it went blank. You won't see that now. Some of you did it to yourself. You're so selfish. It tells us all about you. When you don't have, when you can't have your way, you, you are dangerous to be around. Absolutely dangerous. Some of you are addicted to pump, uh, being late to everything. You just as, you, 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 you just as tardy as you can be and don't even care about it. As if everybody need to be around waiting on you. How insensitive. 
You're not that important. Discipline yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you are addicted to sweets. Some of you are addicted to, addicted to sugar. Some of you are addicted to too much Coke, burgers, fast food, fried chicken. You're addicted. You need to eat some baked chicken and some green beans and some spinach. Won't y'all say amen? I just messed up y'all buffet. (laughs) Where's your personal discipline? You want exercise? You want exercise? You know you're getting bigger. You know you're out of shape. You can't breathe. And you wonder why you got all those ailments. Do something to put yourself back in shape. I'm losing. I'm getting down. My stomach is not out there past that pulpit. (laughs) Oh, God. Some of y'all are addicted to fashions. Everything got to be, you can't get enough of buying stuff. Something look cool. You put those little things in your eyes that make your eyes a different color. You, 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 you get glasses to match every outfit. Yeah, just let me go on. You know, you just, it's all about fashion design. And you got enough in your closet to let, to, to last you the next three years. And folk don't even know you made change. You got enough right there in your closet. You do have enough. Not to mention that, that those other places you're putting clothes, you're squeezing stuff everywhere and won't get rid of stuff you haven't worn since 1932. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.